Hello, listeners. Today we have a story, an amazing story of courage, pain, discovery, and hope. You are going to be wowed as Mary Jackson shares her parenting story about having children with autism and successfully getting them from nonverbal to speaking and even on to college. Before we begin, I want to share a review. Kim Stew inspired wrote, just what this autism mama needed and gave five stars. She says, so thrilled to discover Dina Lynn's show. I wish I had this show to listen years ago when my son was first diagnosed with autism. Communication and connection are so important for getting your needs met and to learn important life skills. Highly recommend you to give it a listen. Thank you, Kim Stew Inspired. And for all of you that are dealing with kiddos with autism or any other verbal delay, language delay, or special needs situation, you are going to enjoy this conversation with Mary Jackson. I know you're gonna learn a lot. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children and wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated that your kids argue, whine, or debate with you? Are you afraid you're doing the wrong thing, but you're not sure what to do? Hey mamas, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. My name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush, mom, grandma, and speech language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you will find solutions to get your kids to listen better, understand the clear communication and the boundaries that benefit kids, and all while enhancing your relationships. So if you are ready to build deep, meaningful connection, and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home. Listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so that you can become the parent you want to be. It's playtime. Let's go. Hello, parents. Welcome to this episode of The Language of Play. Today, I have Mary Jackson. She is a wonderful woman from cover to cover, and I will let you introduce yourself, Mary, right now, and thank you for coming to my show. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here, and it's so exciting when we're in that same space. Um, So I am an author, a children's author. I'm also a special needs, certified special needs and disabilities advocate. I am a mom of three. I have two children on the spectrum, so it's a lot of my work in my life. My focus with writing is to empower kids and to empower parents as well, so that we can have healthier families in this world. I'm also a podcaster, live streamer, and educator. I try to bring all my passions together, and um, So that's a little bit about me. I love that. And parents, you can see exactly why she's on the show. She is a perfect fit for us. Tell us how it is that you communicate with your kiddos on the spectrum. Tell me something about how that goes for you in your home. Yeah. So that is an interesting um, little bit of an ingredient to the world when you have a child. So I have been through nonverbal children that became verbal. Um, And so that whole world is very interesting. Um, It does take I believe the help of therapists and, and people who can help educate you to me, education is one of the most important things for a parent to empower them with their child, because then you, when you empower your child, you, you also empower yourself for that communication. So, uh, you know, I've been at the place, um, Dina Lynn, where I had to use pictures to communicate with my daughter who couldn't speak. So I've been like at that very, very basic beginning of, um, 
trying to teach my child her own language because she couldn't speak English. So that's a, it really does change the world for you and how you look at things. It did for me. Um, and you know what we have, one of the things that we really need to remember in this world is that, uh, behavior is communication. So, you know, if you have a child who is not communicating very well, doesn't know how to get help so that you can, you know, so that you can learn the best way to be able to communicate with your child, whether it's pictures, uh, a picture schedule, being able to tell your child, you know, Hey, this is what we're going to be doing. I've always been one of those parents and I had to learn. I tell my kids everything we're doing. And I've also used uh, creative outlets for my children to be able to express themselves when they needed to. If they couldn't talk about it, they could at least maybe draw it. They could maybe write about it. Um, and and those those tools have been so useful in the life and raising of my children. And I want to tell you something really interesting. So my little guy is nine. He's autism level one. His OT therapist uses a therapy with him, teaching him how to understand his emotions, thoughts, and feelings and what's happening in his body. So he can put a label to it and then we can talk about it. And so that alone takes, has, has taken down, we don't really deal with temper tantrums with him. We don't deal with transition issues every once in a while. There may be something, but we just talk our way through it and okay, let's that. sit down. Yeah. So that it's is, been so beneficial. Yes. I can imagine that that has been hugely beneficial. Me as a speech therapist, I understand what it is that you're trying to communicate and how it is that you're trying to do it. I would like you to think about the parents that are at the beginning stages of how is it that you used pictures. And then later, I want you to talk a little bit more about the emotions, because I love both of these concepts. Can you imagine that you are at the beginning of how it is that you use a picture communication system? And to me, it makes total sense. And to you, it does too. But to the listener that is just beginning that journey, can you tell what it was like from a parent perspective? Well, it was, uh, well, it was a miracle. <laughs> First of all, you know, once I was taught this, because it, before that, there was a lot of screaming that was going on. You know, she could be two inches from me and she's screaming at me because she isn't feeling heard. So again, behavior is communication for a child. So you've got to figure out, okay, how can I communicate with this child? So what they did, the, the specialist that we were seeing at the time, they gave me a board and it said first on one side and then on the other with a line down the middle and there was Velcro strips. And so that is the way we began communicating with our daughter to teach her how to start doing two word sentences and how to be able to have less frustration. So first we do a bath, then we read a book and then you might take those off. Okay. You know, first we read a book, then we go to bed. And, and that's kind of how I learned to start really talking through things with my children. So they knew what was coming. And so I hope that answers your question because I didn't know what I was doing. I had to have someone help me understand. And I was like, wow, that's like very simple. It took some people with big brains to come up with that. And I'm so excited <laughs> they did. <laughs> yeah. The because simplest so simple. things. Mm -hmm. The simplest things do really work the best. And sometimes it feels like it's too simple. But when we're working with our children, we remember that their brains are in that very concrete developmental stage. And so if we can take this big concept, like bath, like you said, 
that for us, it means water, temperature, towels, soap, rinsing, you know, like whatever else is in the concept of bath. For them, just the concrete picture of bath means that they know that they're going to go to the bathroom with you and there's going to be some water or something like that that is a yeah. is more of a um, concrete understanding. So that is super. And these simple, simple ways to communicate is really best. Now, I would imagine that your child, like you're saying, behavior is their communication. I'm imagining that when you use that picture system, that their emotions come way down, that their emotions will relax, that they will be able to follow your lead because they understand what is next. Can you tell us how that worked for you? Yeah, that isn't, yeah, it's very, very important. You know, everyone wants to be heard. I don't care who you are, you know? So as long as a person um, is heard and is being validated, then they can relax inside themselves. I think all of us feel that way because otherwise when we feel invalidated or not heard, it's sort of like a cat trying to get out of a box. You know, that's, we go into a sort of a panic mode and that's what happens with children who um, cannot express to you what their needs are, or you can't understand them. And I, I had to teach my daughter her own language. So it was so amazing to learn all of this. And by talking to her and, you know, very slowly or the best way that we could, we could also start to see her growing because she felt safer. And that was absolutely big key. key. So it's amazing when a child is in a fight or flight state all the time, even as as adults, if we are, you quit learning, You, Mm -hmm. you can't take anything in because you're in a certain mode all the time. So if you can start to break those things down and, and go slower with the child, use things that are very, very, very simple, put, take a sticky note and put the word on sticky note on every single object in the house. And then start pointing to them and say those words over and over and over again. I've watched two nonverbal children become fully verbal. And the, my, my middle one is in college now for, um, for animation and filmmaking. You're such a success story. (laughs) Oh, you're so sweet. My kids have overcome so much. And so I'm, you know, I'm so proud of them. And so I'm also excited because I know what the brain what can happen to a child who has challenges. There are things they can conquer. I I never, ever say never. And I tell people who have children with challenges, never say never and never tell them they can't do something. Of course, unless it's illegal, then we have our parameters (laughs) and boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So other than that, encourage them to try, encourage them to be brave because their world is scary. If they don't, if they can't communicate clearly, it's very scary for them. Can you tell us, I I totally agree. I totally, totally think that that is such a a core piece of it. Now, can you tell us a time that you had to encourage your child when they were just scared, encouraging them to be brave, encouraging them to be courageous in something that they were really afraid of? And it doesn't matter if it's big or small, just like, how did you actually say it? What words did you use with your child or pictures or hugs or touch? What did you do that actually Mm -hmm. connected that child so that they became more brave? Mm. That's a good one because even your typical child has fears of going to bed at night and that separation anxiety. So how do you do that? Well, for me, it was in stages that we did things and we also practiced at home. You know, we had to practice like that that 
pretending to be in a classroom and kind of what it was like and talk to. And actually it was even taking my child to the classroom so they could see what that environment was like and meet the other children and meet the teacher and do a very slow integration into that setting when they were little. Um, and also sometimes I would also go and sit with them until they felt comfortable enough for me to then back out because I did want them to be brave enough. I wanted them to feel empowered on their own without having me there because they have to feel that way in order to be successful in life. So I would say we would talk about what, when they were able to express their, these emotions, what are you most afraid about? You know, what are your biggest fears? Why are you nervous? I had this conversation with my son last night. He, he did express to me verbally, mommy, um, I always get nervous when it's time to go to bed at night when it's dark. And I said, this literally happened last night. And I said, okay, let's talk about this. Why are you scared? What makes your stomach feel like it does? So he thought for a minute and then he said, well, there may be monsters under the bed. Very logical thought for a nine-year-old, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, well, I said, why don't we go look first of all? So we took the flashlight, looked under the bed. There's nothing here. There's not any room for anyone under here. So see those boxes. Cause we all store stuff under our bed, right? <laughs> trying to reassure, <laughs> trying to reassure him that there was none there. And so then what I said to him, I said, why don't we replace anything under the bed with angels and let's put your angels down there and your, your protectors and your superheroes. And that's, who's under the bed every night for you. And then he was calm and he went to sleep. And that exactly happened last night, actually. I love it. It's taking what it is that they're thinking and replacing it with something else because it was all in the imagination anyway. It wasn't it. Yeah. So we're going to replace by by choice, on purpose, what imagination of what's under the bed and it created the calm. That's beautiful parenting. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I can practice every day, it seems like on something with my kids. I don't know. God looked at me and said, Lady, okay, you ready? <laughs> <laughs> this is not going to be easy in life, but we're going to bring you some challenges, but you know what? It makes us stronger. And I, I would not be who I am today if I didn't have the children I have, because it really made me grow past anything I ever imagined or saw in my life ever. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. How did your children bring you into the business you do? Wow. Okay. Well, so my middle daughter, um, when she was five was abused in her school that she was in, in her, in, in her uh, special needs class. I'm sorry. It's okay. And it's, I'm, I'm not saying it lightly, but I am because it is such a serious subject, but what happened from there, I mean, I, you become an advocate as soon as you're pregnant, right? Cause we have to start taking care of our bodies and our babies. And when they're little and need to go to the doctor, we're an advocate there as well. So when this happened with my middle daughter, uh, it changed my life forever. Um, and something inside me came out like a mama bear, of course. And I began a journey of trying to right that wrong, what happened to my daughter. So I went to Capitol Hill in Nashville, Tennessee, and I met with senators and I met with state representatives. And I'm like, somebody has to do something about this. This is never okay for anyone's child. We have to change the law in this state. Okay. So there was that journey for a long time that way. And then um, after my son was born with all the challenges he had, I went to the Vanderbilt uh, advocacy program and I got certified as an advocate. And then that kind of morphed into, 
you know, live streaming about it and, and doing re, uh, interviews with specialists and, and people who have lots of uh, information to give out. And, um, and then I, I've spent this last year actually helping libraries turn, um, put in sensory rooms in their libraries and be more sensory friendly. So it's just, I don't know, it's kind of taken this whole, you know, I, I didn't see all of this in my life. I had no idea right. <laughs> any of this was going to happen, you know? Um, yeah, it's so, not the thing you plan ahead for, is it? <laughs> no, no, you don't. And no one ever wants anything bad to happen to their child, but it, it does change you as a human, but we, you, the place we have to be as a parent is being able to bring ourselves back into, uh, living a healthy life and being in reality and, and, and trying and overcoming it. Right. You know, and teaching them how it. to overcome by you being strong in the presence of this wrong and then you right. healing and bringing them along gently, carefully, lovingly, acceptingly, you know, all of those things. That's a journey. That's quite a journey. Yeah. And so when you ask that question about the fears, uh, I was like, oh, I have so many examples because of what she went through in years and years and years of therapy and, and, and just making her, making her be involved in life, you know, not in a bad way, but a loving way of, no, you're, you're going to go to dance class. You're going to try softball. You're going to do this. You're, you, you're going to go do these things instead of becoming more of a victim to what happened. Very, very good. You have empowered her tremendously and yourself. And and I know that with the listeners that hear this, I hope that they feel empowered as well. I'm sure that they will, because this is a hard ending to your story or, well, it was part of the story, but um, it's, it's also very, very empowering because you have taken it and made good from it. And I commend you for that, Mary. That's a, Mm -hmm. a very difficult, but yet really important thing to do because we all learn from that. Thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah. Thank you for being willing to share that too with our parents. Mm-hmm. Now, how, if somebody in a listener wants to get a hold of you, um, I will have a contact in the show notes. What would you like them to do? Um, they, they can go to, to W. Okay. So they can go to my website, www.maryejackson.com. It's super easy. And then down at the bottom is a way to contact me. Um, you know, I am on Instagram, Mary E. Jackson five, I think, cause we're the Jackson five and, um, you know, they can also find me. Um, I'm on Facebook as my name. Um, I have a special needs TV that's on Facebook and then um, my podcast is cover to cover. And so there's plenty of places to be able to find me. Love it. Um, listeners, you'll find that in the show notes. Mary, thank you for a very, very helpful podcast episode where parents are going to have examples of how it is that they can communicate with their children um, through pictures, through gentle communication, through encouraging, empowering communication. Um, I know this will resonate with many of the listeners. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Remember, mamas, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in a way their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me through the email found below.